Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. And this week, I got Mike Farr, a.k.a. Silent Mike, on the show with me. Uh, he's been a huge influence in my journey personally over the years uh, with his podcast content, his YouTube content. I've you know, gained a lot of knowledge from following this dude. And we had an awesome discussion, and we talked about a lot of different topics, some of those being how to get started in the gym, uh, the downfalls of social media, and the correlation between some of the business things that he's got going on in fitness and, and how you can apply them. Make sure that if you guys like this episode, check out Silent Mike on social media, at Silent Mike pretty much everywhere, and also his new gym that uh, he's just opened third street barbell check that out in uh northern california so i hope you guys enjoy this episode if you do share it with a friend family social media anywhere all that stuff helps all right that's enough of me here he is here's mike mike welcome to the show man how's it going good man appreciate it thanks for having me yeah thanks for being here um so i wanted to have you on the show because i've followed uh your content for a long time um I've lost, you know, a pretty significant amount of weight and a lot of it, um, has, de you've definitely made an impact on that with your content and all the stuff that you put out over the years. Appreciate that, man. That's, that's uh super cool to hear. Cause, uh, when you make content online, as you know, as a podcast, so sometimes it's not the same as like coaching people in person or, uh, working a normal job. I just post something online and, and all you see is screen names, but you don't really see that you're people are listening or you're helping or, you know, you just never know who the heck's watching, but, uh, it's cool that I don't just say stupid shit and some people learn something. <laughs> yeah. And well, so that's a good point about learning something. Cause that's definitely the biggest way that like your content has helped me. Cause like a lot of it's, um, I lost the majority of my weight basically just through lifting. I changed my diet, started lifting, never even really jumped on a piece of cardio equipment. And so a lot of it was, getting started which is something i want to talk to you about today is just like where do i start there's so much information out there and a lot of it you know just quite frankly is garbage yeah so you know having resources like uh you and i had matt vincent on the show recently all oh, of cool. his stuff and and a bunch of other people you know really helped me along the way um so kind of right off the jump here are there like you know um uh, some a lot of the listeners are on that like weight loss journey right are there some you know tips that you have for those people who are like just trying to get started yeah like you said there's so much info out there and i don't know how or why it starts but it seems to be the most popular information is wrong right as soon as you start talking weight loss people automatically think oh i gotta become a runner i gotta <laughs> eat salad you know, and not that running or salad are bad for you or bad for a weight loss process, but it's definitely not the most important. It's definitely not the only thing you have to do. Um, I think the biggest thing to get started is, is number one, stop thinking, just start doing, uh, you're better off doing the wrong thing than doing nothing. Uh, whether you choose yoga, running, lifting, doesn't really matter. Find some activity. And then number two is you got to kind of set yourself up, and this is for anything, uh, fitness, business, life, relationships, kind of for the long haul. And so what I always kind of preach is like build a routine um, mm -hmm. and build a routine that's normal, sustainable, and and you got to you know be a little self-aware about it. You can't be like, all right, I'm going to work out th three hours a day, seven days a week, and I'm going to get shredded. Like, well, <laughs> 
maybe for a week you could do that, but you're not going to do that for 10 years. Um, and that's how I kind of set up my business. That's how it's even, you know, 15 years into this lifting process. That's how I set up my, my training schedule. Uh, I'm recently just kind of coming back from into the gym myself. And I knew in the beginning I was busy with life and other priorities at the moment. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to lift three times a week. And for those that, that power lift or, 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 you know, take this super seriously, that's not much, right? Um, for some people that's much, you know, everyone's different, but if you're like a power lifter lifting three days a week is like the minimum. And so a lot of people kind of critique me for that. I'm like, dude, right now, you know, this is what I could do for the long term. Um, and so when you're building your plan, when you're just trying to get started, uh, educate yourself the best you can, uh, build a routine that, you know, you can maintain for months, years, a decade, uh, and also make sure that you enjoy it. Again, I, I just kind of bash salads and running jokingly, but if you like salads and running, go at it, who cares? And, and don't let someone else judge you. But if you like lifting weights, um, if you like yoga, if you like playing basketball, it doesn't really matter. To be honest, uh, the, the best thing is that you enjoy the process because all of them can get you to the goal. Now, if you want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, if you have more specific goals than just be healthy or lose some weight, then we probably have to talk about different acti activities and how to optimize that. Uh, but if we're just talking about general life stuff, find an activity and start chasing it a little bit. Yeah. So I think like the thing that's put out there the most is like uh, the be hardcore, no days off. Yeah. Um, and what people don't realize is the people who are like actually, you know, lifting seven days a week, like they, they're usually after a different goal. You know, they're like you're saying, like their goal is not to just be healthy. It's not to just be in a good state. Like, so for example, like that is not my goal. Like I want to be really good at jujitsu and really good yeah. at lifting weights. So I'm on the ground like every day, but I guess, and even I probably do a bad job of sharing it is because I put that stuff out there. But what most people don't realize is that that's not what you have to do. There's a lot For of sure. options. Yeah. Not only that, but I mean, I just literally ranted on it today. This like virtue signaling online of these people that act like fake tough guys. It's real easy to pretend to be disciplined on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. I show I, I, I do 10 sets a week of deadlifts and I film all 10 and I post one a day. Now you think I deadlift every day. You know what I mean? And that <laughs> yeah. sounds so insane, but people do stuff like that. So it's and on top of that, you've you found your passion. You like lifting and you like jujitsu. It's easy to be disciplined at something you like. If I say if you look at me and say, hey, Mike, you think you could eat ice cream every day? Every single <laughs> bitch, I could eat ice cream <laughs> every hour. I love ice cream. That doesn't make me disciplined to be able to do that every single hour. And so mm -hmm. for a lot of people out there, exercise can be a chore and it's not something they enjoy. And that's why, you know, my list of getting started is find something you enjoy. And if there's absolutely no activity you enjoy, you can still do it. I mean, I don't enjoy doing my taxes. I'm an adult. I have businesses. It's part of the process. Uh, I don't en en enjoy uh, managing or disciplining or, or, or hiring or firing, like all these kind of business things. But that's part of being a business owner. And I'm a business owner. So those are things you have to do. Part of mm -hmm. being a human, part of optimizing being a human, having a better, healthier, more fun life, feeling good is exercise. So find something that you can bear, do it. And the discipline is hard. Build it into a routine, build those days out, whatever. But I, I just hate people that act so tough, so hardcore. Like for what? Who are you trying to please and who are you trying to impress? I lift weights because I like to lift weights. It's part of what I do. I'm never going to tell you I'm the disciplined, baddest man on the planet because I deadlift. It's a made-up exercise because I kind of like to do it. And you're not badass for running every day. You probably like running. Like, that doesn't make you cool. How, how, how are you with your laundry? 
How are you talking <laughs> to your loved ones? How are you with your bills, right? Like, how are how disciplined are you with shit you hate? With your, your yard work, then you can come and tell me you're disciplined. But so don't let those people kind of gatekeep um, these hardcore and it's it's mostly lifting. I don't know the jujitsu crowd or anything. Everyone I've met, in at least the martial arts world, actually seems a little bit better in the head than these power lifters that are so like <laughs> tough, fake tough. You know, like I don't know necessarily jujitsu practitioners, but I know a lot of like UFC guys that I'm buddies with, and they're always so welcoming and normal. And yeah. and they I think they treat it the right way. Like they show up, this is their job, this is their work, and they get it done. They're not saying like, I work harder than you and I'm tough. Like there's just no need for it, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of that is just because you're like constantly being humbled in the gym. Like there are people that are always, you know, better than you and kind of putting you in your place essentially. Yeah, well, jujitsu you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah. The, the deadlift bar, worst case, you, you miss a lift and then you can make an excuse why you missed the lift. If you're choking my ass out every single day, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get humbled. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that you said there that, that definitely stuck out to me was that you were talking about kind of uh, doing the things that you don't want to do and being disciplined in those. And if you don't like it, you know, almost treat it like it's a job, right? Like, so I hear people all the time, like, I don't have time to uh, eat healthy. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this, but it's like, you have time to go to work and you have time to do all these other things. You know, it kind of comes down to like the um, instant gratification and playing the long-term game. Yeah. Like if the long-term game is your health and you don't treat your exercise or nutrition or whatever like your job then you're messing up in the long run like that has to be that important in my opinion yeah no i i completely agree and i think it bounces with that rant i went on about people being hardcore because you don't have to like just eat celery all day it doesn't have to be this hardcore crazy task i'm not i'm too busy to work out i mean you go for a 20 minute walk it doesn't have to be, but all these guys are like i'm in the gym for three hours what are you doing i'm waking up at 3 a.m what are you doing like it doesn't have to be that it could just be Sundays. I do my laundry Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do my squats, right? Saturday. I go to visit my mother. Like you just build these things up and it can be so easy. I 100% agree with you. You can build it into every lifestyle, but I think people get intimidated because of whether it be definitely social media, but even pop culture makes it seem like it's all or nothing. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You eat pretty good. Most of the time you're going to get results. You work out most of the time, rather than be lazy most of the time, you're going to get better, right? Again, if you really want to be good at powerlifting, really want to be good at weightlifting, strongman, jujitsu, basketball, you got to put a little bit more effort than that in, and you'll probably have to go to some extremes. Um, but you can get pretty freaking strong, and I imagine you can get pretty good at jujitsu. You're not going to be taking on Bones Jones or something, but like you get pretty good by going three times a week. You know what I mean? A little bit of effort goes a long way if you could do it for a decade. Yeah, I completely agree. And so I, in my personal life, I just try to implement the 80-20 rule with most things, right? Like 80% yeah. of the time I'm trying to be on point, 20% of the time I'm trying to let my hair down and party a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And even that is like so relative, right? Because say you eat Doritos, Taquitos, and Budweiser for for three meals seven days a week. You can flip that percentage by just switching one meal a day. And you're going to see such improvement, right? Again, that's yeah. so relative what you do. But people gatekeep like you got to eat salads seven days a week. And then the, Dwayne The Rock Johnson told me to eat sushi and cookies one day a week. Shut up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We don't need all that. You just do, <laughs> you just do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And so depending where you start, 
depending where you want to finish, you just build an easy plan. But I'm very similar to you. I mean, I've done it so long. Um, that's a little inherent to me, at least the fitness and nutrition stuff. I obviously could improve on it, but, uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Helms, Dr. Eric Helms. I don't know if you've heard that name, mm -hmm. but, uh, one of the smartest dudes and not only one of the smartest dudes, pure academic wise, um, but how he applies things, um, how he deals with people, how he applies it to himself and, and well beyond fitness, just a wise, wise dude beyond his years. Him and I uh, were talking and we were talking about balance. And, and I said, like, like, this balance concept sucks because you can't like completely balance life, business and fitness right there or, or whatever. There's too many things moving around for most people. Um, and he's like, yeah, like the balance isn't being equal parts. He said, I think about balance as tightrope walking. You start to tilt one way. And as soon as you start to tilt one way too much, you quick adjust and start to tilt the other way. And that's kind of how we're going to move through life. Uh, we're not going to be perfectly even like a scale forever. And you can't be. No human can be. But you tip. All right, I need six months. I need to focus on my business. Oh, man, I didn't do my health. I'm going to tip back the other way a little bit. Oh, man, I forgot about my wife. And you tip back. The I'm not married, so I've never forgot about my wife. But someone out there has probably been a jerk. And you tip back the other way and you start <laughs> moving and you start moving. And, and you're just constantly making micro adjustments. But something needs to be a priority. And if you're listening and you're super unhealthy, and you know you don't feel good, and you know it's holding you back from other things, well, it's time to prioritize that. But if you're fairly healthy, you know, you got a, a business or a job or a family, okay, just prioritize that a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's like the spot that um, I was in and that I'm in now is basically, so whenever I was at my heaviest weight, I had a lot of health issues, um, you know, like coming up on some bad stuff, you know, towards like diabetes and high blood pressure and all this kind of stuff. So at the at the beginning it was very hardcore like i was leaning yeah. real far that way on that tightrope but now um you know i'm i'm 5 years in and it's more more or less like things are this is my normal life and it has been for a little while so it's more trying to play that balancing act and actually you kind of answered one of my questions a little bit is that whenever I look at goal setting, I personally have had like a lot of competing goals that, you know, don't always work together. Like I've tried to be really good one at lifting and two at jujitsu and both yeah. things like to beat the shit out of you. But then, you know, then I also want to be a good husband and I also want to be a good family member and good at business and, and all these things. And so that analogy really does make a lot of sense, like in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And, and, and when do you do one and what do you prioritize? And I think, yeah, priority within that goal setting priority has to be like, which one needs to work harder? Cause there's a maintenance phase. Like you said, like now you probably think a lot less about your food and a lot less about mm -hmm. your fitness. And, and the analogy, you know, to physiology is like building muscle to build new muscle tissue, especially if you've been training for a while, takes an extreme amount of effort and care with your nutrition. But once you have a good amount of muscle to maintain that muscle, is very easy to, to maintain the muscle you have. You just need enough protein and a little bit of stimulus to maintain it. You don't have to keep pushing, um, but to grow an inch on your biceps after you've trained for five years, that's going to take a lot of volume, a lot of bicep curls and a lot of frequency. Right. Um, and that's the same thing with everything else, right? If you have a really good, um, you know, relationship with your, your family, your kids, your wife, whatever parents, it doesn't matter. You have a really good one. Then you just kind of got to maintain that thing. Right. It's not like there's all these hiccups, but if you have a rocky one or a divorce or a breakup, or you're trying to find a new girlfriend for the single folks out there or boyfriend or whatever, then you got to put, there's got to be more effort. You got to go meet people and then you got to date and then you got to see if you like them. Right. Like that's a lot more effort than, Oh, I have a really good relationship. I have to make sure I take care of them and I spend enough time with them 
right? It, 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 yeah. You can scale it everywhere. Same with the business. When you first start a business, the first, depending on the style of business, obviously, and, and the success, like the first six months to two years can be absolute chaos, zero sleep, uh, headaches, stress, you're gaining weight because all you do is eat Cheetos and write emails like you're going <laughs> nuts. But once you hopefully get a flow in your business and you maybe get employees or you do these things now, not that you don't have to work, you got to work, but you're not up. You're not working 80 hour weeks. You know, you're just you're just kind of in that maintenance zone. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to point out that it can go the opposite way as well. Like once you're in that maintenance zone, if you start to neglect that because it's For in a sure. good place, you can quickly lose it quickly. Yeah. And I, I've learned that, you know, just with fitness and in losing weight, if you kind of go on autopilot after a while, and then, you know, that autopilot, like Monday, you start adding, like, I'm gonna have this of what I normally eat, plus maybe, you know, a little snack at the end, yeah. and that snack turns happens Tuesday. And then the next thing you know, you're 20 pounds heavier. 100%. Or, or again, depending on what you love, and most people, nutrition is the hardest part of the fitness thing, right? Somebody, yep. most people find some kind of activity they like. A lot of us have found lifting and the barbell, but some people find like, I really enjoy cycling, or I really enjoy, you know, playing basketball three times a week, whatever it is, that's typically the easy part. Um, balancing the nutrition, which I do believe is a big 80, 20 split. Like you said, uh, it's so easy to turn Rocky. It's so easy to turn Rocky because a brownie on Friday turns into a buffet next Wednesday and, and we're heading down there. But you know, that that's just life a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's on the individual, the self-awareness with all this stuff is going to be key, right? If you're being honest mm -hmm. with yourself, if you're self-aware, what your goals are, if you're self-aware on your actions, you stop blaming other people. Um, then, then you check yourself. Cause I've been there too. I mean, again, I've been in this industry 12 years. I've been a personal trainer for 12 years and this last winter, yeah, I'm eating everything. I'm stressed <laughs> this summer. I'm, I'm doing construction for seven months. I'm drinking beers all day and stuff. And then one day I'm like, dang, Mike, we gained an easy 10 pounds in July. Let's check it. You know, I'm looking <laughs> in the mirror, have a little conversation with myself and you just check it and you turn it around. And that, that I think is just part of being human, you know, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel good about it. Adjust and kind of move on. Yeah, I think I heard you say like recently on a podcast that you're, you know, you've been surrounded by all of these people and some like of the most top notch nutrition people in the world. And like, and you have all the information and can program these things for people, but you've still struggled with it yourself. And I think whenever I heard you say that, I was like, you know, damn, that's, that's kind of a big thing because it, yeah. it's, it's hard for everyone, not just, you know, not just people, normal people who aren't into this stuff all the time, but even the people who are, it's a constant grind for everybody. Yeah, no, I literally have a bad relationship with food. Um, I jokingly did a podcast with a, a dietitian who's, or, or I think she's actually a psychologist that mostly deals with diet and nutrition. So I don't know where her actual background education is, what is high. And I jokingly, but not jokingly, gave her examples of me to kind of talk us through <laughs> what she would say. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm jacked up. Like I, 12 years of my whole life, you know, like, and it's the typical story. You're a kid. I played basketball my whole life at a high, high level, and I'm, I'm playing seven days a week. Yeah, you're slamming Jamba Juice, popcorn, burgers. It doesn't matter because I'm moving so much. And mm -hmm. then I, I turn 20. I drop out of college. You start to gain weight. You start to not know what to do. And then even now, like we said, you can easily go down that rocky road of, man, I had a real rough day today. Worked hard, Mikey fist bump let's go grab a beer like chilling <laughs> out and then like well yesterday was tough too i'm gonna grab a beer today and tomorrow and 
or eat too much. Yeah, like you said, like, well, just another snack, not a big day. We got a big deadlift day tomorrow. This brownie is going to go to a good use, you know, and mm -hmm. it's easy to creep down that. But then you check yourself, hopefully. Uh, but it is. It's everyone. And, and that's why I, I love podcasting. And I honestly hate social media because I feel so many people put on a front that they're all great. They're jacked. And, and they've never done anything wrong fitness or nutrition wise. Like, man, screw you. Like, screw you. Screw your discipline. Screw your hardcore and screw your, your salad eating skinny ass. You're lying. Yeah. And that's like a, I guess even a struggle that I've had is like, I don't want to put out like the wrong persona, right? Like I want to put out that I am working hard, that I am trying, that yeah. I am staying disciplined, but at the same time, just because I feel like that motivates people, some people, right? And then other people could take it that way. So one thing I mean that I've tried to do is is just talk more about the things that I'm struggling with to kind of, you know, put both yeah. sides of the coin out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had better advice, you know, podcasting, YouTube, and depending on how you do them, because I, I say podcasts because this style of podcast, my style of podcast, historically, you just have conversations where there are podcasts that are highly edited. Um, and same with YouTube. I don't take multiple takes. I don't edit. I just talk. And that's what goes up on YouTube. So it's a little bit different than some people's style. But I think as long as you're being yourself, then you can just never go wrong. You know what I mean? In terms mm -hmm. of like you being a content creator or anyone out there that has a blog or anyone that I hear that wants to do Instagram or what you just be yourself. And, and I've always said, I'm just sharing my journey, just sharing my journey. You know, if you relate, cool. If you don't cool, if you hate me, awesome, man later. Um, but then you can never get caught up in, in kind of the, the virtue signaling or the flexing or the, you know, post yeah. in your car opposed to just saying what I'm doing today. There's a difference in me vlogging in my car as I'm driving to work and I'm telling you a story, then randomly just posting myself sitting on my hood for no reason with my abs out. Like which one's giving value and which one's sharing a story or is which one trying to level me up and push you down. Right. And that's just sadly because fitness is so sexualized and so uh, glamorized and now it's glamorized with money, following fame, all yeah. these things that uh, it's shallow. It's just a shallow industry. You know, I don't take my shirt off. I lift in a hoodie. I don't like to take my shirt off. <laughs> I just, it's not who I am. And I'm not shaming people that do. You can take your shirt off, but why are you doing it? What's the intent behind all these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I hate like the kind of whole industry thing of like, so now we're to the point where people are selling products that, you know, can even like damage people's health just because it's like a money grab. For and sure. and what that does that I think frustrates me the most is there's so many people out there who are not educated on you know, kind of like the health and fitness world. And then yep. they see things like tees or waist trainers or whatever the hell it is. And they think, you know, like a lot of people, I, I really believe, like, think like, oh, that, that will work for me. That that's going to solve my belly fat problem. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they're, they're harming these people essentially. And it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. They're prying on hope. And a lot of marketing does, you know, like marketing is a slippery slope, but if people are promising you too much too soon, if it seems slightly unrealistic, it probably is. And that's just the sad nature of the world we live in, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, man, uh, join my company and uh, you'll make a million dollars within six months. <laughs> you know, some people may fall for that. And I feel sorry for them because maybe they're, you know, in a situation that I'm not and they really need that. So they're going to pry on that hope. Mm -hmm. um, but we all are fitness wise. We all want to be. Everyone wants to look good and be strong. 
Like there's no yeah. one on earth that says, I don't want to look better and be stronger. Like every human does. Um, and so, like you said, the teas and the detoxes and especially pop media, but even within the fitness niche, they're going to pry on that. Hey man, this supplement, yeah, it'll definitely help you get stronger and lose weight. Definitely. Yeah. Just 59 99. Uh, oh yeah. This program, this program is way better than that program. That guy has no idea. My program offers 10 pounds loss in four weeks, you know? And so they're prying on, on, on people's egos, which are so attached to who we are and how we look. Um, it's unfortunate, but hopefully most people continue to dig a little bit. Uh, the basics work, the basics work in business, the basic works in fitness, the basics work. I'm sure in jujitsu, you're not mm -hmm. doing, you know, triple hamel camels off the top rope, trying to choke a dude out. You got these 10 basic moves. You get really fucking good at them and you read what the other guy's doing and you end up being good at jujitsu. Yeah. So let's get down to business here. Yeah. I want to know the secret. How do I get lean and jack and handsome in a week? That's what I brought you on here for. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm fat. I'm kind of ugly. Uh, and I'm very mediocrely strong. I don't so, know. I guess steroids would be the answer. I don't know. They're taking yes. them. But yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> a little trend will make that's things I, all better. That's the stories. That's the stories I hear. So one thing that I've always, you know, liked about your uh, content and I think, you know, could help a lot of people is you always kind of seem to build a team atmosphere around you. And, uh, you know, like in the gym, I've always heard you talk about your squad or, or you know, your, your group. And I think like a lot of people are missing that support slash like community, um, you know, like the community around them while they're yeah. trying to go through their journey. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know what it is. You know, my dad, uh, was kind of a leader. He was a really, really good guy, a really loyal guy. Uh, and he liked to kind of lift people up, uh, uh, part pieces, pieces of that. My mom was a teacher. Uh, I went to a really small school. I had 24 graduating people in my class. I went to this weird art school my whole life. Um, it's part of that. Like it was a community. Everybody knew everything. They knew my cousin's name. They knew all this stuff. Uh, and then playing basketball for 12 years. Um, I loved basketball because every single player, it's, it's one of the rare sports where every single player can and should do everything on the court. Everyone's playing defense. Everyone can score. Everyone can pass. Everyone can dribble. Everyone has to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. So that aspect has just kind of been in a part of me, um, and everything's just a lot more fun uh, when you when you when when you're doing it with someone you like. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm antisocial. I don't like a lot of humans. I'm not the extrovert <laughs> that you might think I am because I talk loud on the internet. I I enjoy helping people, and I feed off people's energy. Yeah. Um, and, and so I try to give that back and I, I do think it's important with anything you do. I think you got to find like-minded individuals, um, selfless, uh, people that you want to and can give your energy to that are like worth your time and energy. Um, and then I think it makes everything better. There, there is a rare human that loves to train alone. And I like to train alone. Sometimes, sometimes I'll go in the gym and I'll just, you know, sit in the corner hoodie on and kind of get it done. Uh, but I think the majority of us can benefit from that and a really good example is crossfit uh, how many people has crossfit helped turn onto the barbell or get a little fitter or or find something that they love uh, and a big piece of that is the community aspect that they added into that uh, so i think I, I suggest that for everybody even a bike ride i love riding my bike uh, but sometimes i don't really want to ride alone 
And yeah. so I'll be like, hey, grab a roomie or, or you go to a busy area. At least there's some people around you and I kind of pretend like I'm with friends with them or something like that. At least just like having human energy around. Um, and I get the antisocial people that might be listening or whatever. I get it. I don't really like humans. I don't like to talk often. I talk for work. So like, I don't talk socially, you know, I, I don't yeah. go to a coffee shop and open conversations. I don't do any of that. That's my nickname. Cause I am kind of shy, you know? Uh, but I think it's, I think it's huge podcasting. Obviously it's huge, right? Like you could mm -hmm. podcast alone, but if you have a, a group, a guest, two guests, something to have a conversation with, it's so much better. I think it's just the way that, especially COVID aside, but the way our world is shaped right now, uh, we need more of it. We need more of it. We need more people kind of uh, lending a hand to each other, thinking outside of themselves, spreading ideas, spreading positivity, uh, rather than being so selfish, you know? Yeah. And when you're in a bad spot or like, you know, you're struggling with your nutrition, or you're struggling with any of that stuff. It's just good to have somebody to reach out to. For sure. But I definitely agree with what you're saying, because most of the time I train like alone in my garage and there's no better feeling than like when one of you, the bros comes over yeah. for like a squat session or whatever. Like that's whenever you have your best lifting sessions and, and get, you know, just hyped up. And I, um, I recently started uh, CrossFit just to kind of like step out of my comfort zone a little bit, not doing the exact same thing for the last five years. And, and I'm already like, I'm starting to see that community and having people there and probably some of, I don't know that I love CrossFit yet, but sure. some, of, <laughs> some of like my best workouts already, just because, well, one, like the competition between the next guy beside you and two, like when, you know, when someone gets done doing a workout, they're cheering you on to get those yeah. last like, couple reps and what I but what I don't do kind of hate about it is that a lot of people don't have that community or might have trouble developing that community so one thing oddly enough is like I, I wasn't a huge social media user before I started the podcast and so from the people who listen like I've already started to develop you know my own little community on on uh social media and talking to these people and I'm already getting those benefits from this show and yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's awesome for people who might not have a community that can find one on social media. Yeah, I do. I talk so much mess on social media, but obviously it built a lot of my career. I'm on it an insane amount. Um, and there's a lot of really good aspects. Uh, I, I, I stream on Twitch sometimes. Um, and that's the same idea. Like the typical gamer is very similar to kind of the typical power lifter. And I, I don't necessarily relate to a lot of them. Again, I was lucky enough to go to kind of this weird small school where um, the community was cool. There's no bullies. There's no like jocks and nerds. There's no like art kids versus whatever. We're all that like starting point guard. And I also wore a dress in a musical like 14. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just so yeah. different than the typical school situation. Uh, so I'm lucky in that sense, but there's a lot of people that can't find their niche in person. Um, right. Like whether you don't have a powerlifting gym near you or CrossFit gym or whether you like video games and you grew up being shamed for it, like you're just a little dumb nerd that likes anime or something. But now online, whether it be through Twitch or whatever, you can kind of find those like minded people and at least relate on something. We don't all have to relate on everything. But the issue is, is everyone starts to pick out and, and focus on what makes us different. It's easy to say, like, bro, I got a mustache. You got a beard. We can't really be homies. <laughs> That's the easy, that's the easy route. But like, oh, you like lifting? Oh, that's cool. Oh, you do CrossFit? Oh, I've worked with some CrossFitters. That's pretty cool. I don't love CrossFit, but I know some CrossFitters, right? Like, so how do we, how do we start to even just change our minds to focus on those things? Whether we become best friends or not, we can fist bump. I have a rule at my gym. I said, 
you're going to treat each other like family. I don't, I don't care if you like each other, but you're going to respect each other in here. You could vote for that guy. You could have this much money. I don't care, bro. I'm going to give you a fist bump when I come in. I'm going to give you a peace sign when I leave. If we are friends, cool. We could lift and spot each other, whatever. I don't care. I really don't care. But you're not going to be disrespectful, and we're going to focus on the things, the positive things here. Because everyone's just, it's so easy to point out what you hate. That's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, and so not to keep bringing up jujitsu here, but that's like yeah. one of the cool things is like before you start every round, you start with like a hand slap and a fist bump. That's yeah. like the sign that you're going to start. And it's just like a mutual sign of respect every time that you go to, you know, start a roll. And um, like you're saying, I, I think that does definitely have some value. And you like develop relationships with those people that are are different from, what you're you know developing at work or anywhere else just you know because of that shared respect it's pretty cool yeah and there's no there's no loss there's no loss again i don't have to be your best friend and maybe we do disagree on some things that's fine but we can respect each other like the, you know it's that simple it literally is as simple as a fist bump and at first it might feel fake like i'm just fist bumping this dude for whatever but eventually you're gonna be like all right that dude's not that bad you know yeah. i just i just say what's up just say what's up it's that simple so you brought up the gym a little bit, and that's something I definitely wanted to talk to you about. I mean, you've essentially, you've dropped, what, two businesses in the midst of a global pandemic? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I text my high school basketball coach, who was one of my first mentors, and he, like, saw something. This is, like, six months ago. So like, congrats. Like, what are you, you know, like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm a moron or I'm a genius. Something's going on. <laughs> but, yeah, we basically, uh, we were been working on opening a gym uh, since to november to 2019 i don't even know what freaking year we're in bro yeah 2019 november we started throwing the idea around started getting more serious in 2020 january february and then as the world knows the world came got a little weird since then um but we kind of officially opened october or, or early november 2020 so yeah three four months into this being official yeah i mean that's awesome and you you have a lot of things. It seems like you got a lot of things going, man. You got the the Twitch stream and you got the gym and clothing brand and uh, training programs and all these things. How do you how do you keep that together? Like, how do you stay structured? And then on top of that, find a time uh, to train to uh, like care about your physical health, essentially. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think I'm, I'm lucky in some senses where um, I I haven't like officially been diagnosed, but I've basically been diagnosed with ADHD, which so many of us have, but mine's like this crazy, like sit on my shoulder, you know, like demon. And so people, you know, sometimes they do an organizer or a schedule or a to do list. They're like my mind, like if I have something to do, it's just running what I have to do. And then if I have something else to do, it's just kind of running. And so like, there's these constant like notes in my brain. And so I just scheduled those little notes in my brain. Like even our podcast, I didn't put in my, like I didn't put a scheduler out. I think you emailed me three weeks ago and I just mm -hmm. knew it was Friday. And then you sent me a, a reminder email, but I knew it was Friday, like just because it's like sitting in my head. And so my days are very busy lately uh, right. as like yeah, as absolutely. any starting. Yeah. Any starting business, you just got to do more work that like we said earlier. And so I'm working the front desk at the gym and stuff like that, that hopefully, you know, in the future uh, will lessen. I can get more creative or do other aspects there. Um, but honestly, it's just plan out your days. Yeah. From six, you know, I get to the gym at like five thirty AM. 
Uh, I plan my meals throughout the day. I'm doing emails or fulfillment for the clothing while I'm there. Sometimes I'll sneak in a meeting, a Zoom meeting, whether it be one of my training programs, uh, companies Kaizen or, or, or a clothing design company or, or sorry, meeting, whatever that might be, sneak it in that shift uh, around you know 12 o'clock, 12.30, I start chugging some caffeine. Uh, 12.30 to 2, I try to train a little bit. Then I rush home and uh, Monday through Thursday, I get a meal in 2 to 2.30. I go live on Twitch at three o'clock. I stream until six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. I sprint down these stairs right here. I grab another meal, put it in my face, and then I sprint to bed and I lay down and it's kind of rinse and repeat. Um, Fridays, uh, afternoons, kind of my free day. Uh, I'll, I'll podcast a little bit if, if someone, you know, is having me on uh, or, or I'll go visit my mom or sometimes I'll just lay down in bed and kind of still stare at the ceiling, let my brain relax a little bit. Uh, but I wouldn't really have it any other way. You know, I think uh, you can get real complacent being lazy. And, and especially me, I love to be lazy. I would love to retire and just sit on a couch all day. I could do that and never get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know how lucky I am to be in the position I am. And so I try to try to push that and, and optimize it. Um, but yeah, like I said in the beginning, the very first question, I just build routine. I just know exactly what time. Every day I train at 12. That's it. Yeah, I think that's perfect. That's exactly what I do. And like, I couldn't do without it. And like, cause, cause you just rattled off like your entire day and it's like <laughs> hour by hour, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty much the exact same for me. Like, I know I'm going to be up at four o'clock. I know I'm going to be at the gym at five. I know I'm going to work at seven. I know I'm going to jujitsu at five thirty, and I'm coming here and I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. Yeah. Like, boom, boom, boom. And so I do think that that structure would be good for so many people and you know, it, I mean, it's at first it's a task to like get that lined up and, but it's not like I'm sitting here looking at a book every day, like, well, at five o'clock today, I have to do this. I mean, people yeah. like after a while, it just becomes routine and you're just flying by the seat of your pants, but in organized fashion. Yeah. And so I'm about to have a test to that. Uh, my, uh, my wife is having our first child in July. Congrats, and so, bro. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm kind of going on a little tangent here, but you know, the, um, to answer my own question a little bit, the first thing I'm going to do is like figure out what the hell it takes to do to be like a good dad. Yeah. And then figure out what it takes to do to be a good dad and focus on my fitness and, you know, though being a good husband in there somewhere and then yeah. to work and, it's just like so much to do. It's easy to get lost in it for people. I think. Yeah. I love, uh, I love just like hearing people's stories and, and humans and that's, I didn't really like decide to start podcasting. You know, I was, I was lucky someone asked me to in like whatever, 2011 and I found that platform, but, uh, hearing stories like that and even opening the gym. So I open in the morning and the same five dudes show up at six o'clock every morning and I'll just casually talk to them. I didn't interrupt the workout, but we'd chat or whatever. Well, it turns out like this sociology experiment in my head starts going through all dads. I'm like, oh, you guys all train at six because the kids are sleeping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we get home about 738. We, you know, kiss them goodbye on the way to school or whatever. Then I go to work. I was like, that makes complete sense, right? Because they're building the routine whether they meant to or not, but they fit mm-hmm. it in where they get in. So they train from like six to seven, 730, go home. They see the kid for just a second. They get ready. They go to work kid goes to school or if they're too young is with the mom or whatever the heck, I don't know the details, but then, but then they leave their evenings open. And that's kind of how I was raised too. Like I was lucky again to have like the best dad. And I, he built his routine. I didn't always see him in the morning. Sometimes I'd see him leave as I'm waking up, but then he's always home at six at night. We always did family dinners. And that's just how he, how he structured his, you know, priorities. And he made time 
you know, the one thing I don't know, because I don't have any kids, is just I'd imagine the early years, you can't build a routine. I'd imagine, you know, because like the kids, yeah, there's yeah. so much going on, whether they're shitting themselves or who knows what's <laughs> going on. Like, I imagine it's not as routine as like you start to get in like third grade. The kid has a schedule at school. The kid has a schedule at sports or whatever it might be. It becomes a little bit easier. But uh, congrats again. And uh, yeah, better be uh, uh, exciting uh, learning curve this summer for you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not even ashamed to say this. We we talked about we started talking about having a kid like two years ago. And so then I started like every year, you know, you get a Christmas bonus from work. And so every year I have put that towards the garage that is in my gym. Cause I'm like, I'm not letting anything get away from it. Like if I got to be up there four o'clock rocking a baby with my foot and lifting weights, like that's what I'm going to, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. And a little bit of forethought, I think goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of planning. You'll figure it out one thing. And it's probably just because that ADHD, like neurotic part of me, is even if I have like a little plan and it gets ruined, I freaking get so frustrated and I, I let it shut me down a little bit. It's actually a weakness of mine. But like like your instance, like, all right, I'm going to wake up at 6 and then I'm going to get the baby at 6.30. We're going to the garage and I'm going to go lift or something. If that little baby of mine has to poop at 6.45 where I'm already on the bar, I'll be so pissed off for some reason, you know? <laughs> like I just don't have the patience for that. Or like even at the gym it happens, you know? Like I like to lift 12 to – 12 to 2 but sometimes i got a podcast or sometimes there's a guest or who knows what i gotta do some paperwork or something and i'm like looking at the clock i'm like it's 1205 i should be on the freaking barbell right now i gotta <laughs> move you know yeah. yeah you just gotta be yeah building it's a balance again of building a routine and still being you know pliable be like water as some wise man once said and so you can kind of move around things that flow at you yeah so i want to move back a little bit to the lifting weights because yeah. So I firmly believe that everyone should be strength training in some way. And, you know, I really try not to use like blanket statements like that, but I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with that one. I think everybody should be doing some type of strength training. And so do you kind of feel the same way? And like it, what what kind of benefits have you seen, like maybe in yourself, some of your clients? I think so. You know, I, I try to be uh, like you. I try not to make any blanket statements and even that one i just don't make because if you if you really just don't like the barbell we got to get you moving somehow if you really just like walking or swimming you know go ahead mm -hmm. like i've tried to get my mom to lift weights for 20 years you know but she likes <laughs> swimming or walking so she swims and walks i'm not gonna really get on it but if we're talking about like being optimal mentally physically i do 100 agree i think some kind of resistance training whether it's bands whether it's a machine uh i think the best tool is the barbell uh, I think has the greatest benefits and, and whether you want to go scientific evidence shows, you know, it may help dementia. It obviously helps your bones, your muscles, but it helps your brain in the long term. And how it's like basically the fountain of youth in terms of anti-aging. If you look at all these little celebrities you like, or, or in the past, the people that look the best, live the longest and are moving around the most mobile ones when they start to get older are the ones with the most strength and the way to gain strength best tool again is the barbell uh personally for me it's become like you know so much a part of my life it's always been training has been a part of my life but now you know it's kind of like the the airbnb or like the uber of my career it's it's the vessel that i get to communicate with people and you know the theme that you and i kind of been harping on is building that routine or building that life the barbell within itself teaches you that and if you are self-aware enough and if you care enough to take the, 
the tools and the lessons you learn from strength training and let them bleed into the other areas of your life, into your relationships, into your business, uh, into, you know, maybe your spirituality or whatever other aspects of your life you care about. You can literally accomplish anything um, because you can't just wake up and deadlift 600 pounds. You got to deadlift 300 for a couple months and then you got to deadlift 325 and you just have to rep after rep, stone after stone, day after day, week after week, year after year, work yourself towards that. And will you deadlift 700 pounds? You may not, um, but you absolutely have no chance if you don't do it every day or every week for a very long time. And that's the same with business. That's the same thing I'm sure with your marriage. If you don't put a little bit of effort in over a long time, you don't got to be with her 24 seven to be a good husband. But you got to spend some time. You got to put some effort. You got to care. You got to work. You got to work. You got to work. Little doses over the long term. So beyond, the, you know, we can beat to beat, beat the ground, beat a dead horse about the, the, the physical benefits, looking better, feeling better, being more strong, being more athletic. Um, but the mental efforts, even evidence scientific wise with dementia and all these uh, benefits you get, I think the I guess spirituality would be the only other term, like the lessons you can learn, like the deeper meaning of lifting and allowing you to build routine. And I know I talked shit on discipline earlier because when you love to deadlift, it's easy to deadlift. But again, mm -hmm. if you take that foundation and allow it to go somewhere that you don't like, you, you learn what discipline is. And I know that's like the stereotype or, or a long lesson of martial arts, right? They always talk about learn discipline, learn being humble, but lifting can be very, very similar. Yeah. A little bit of work, build a goal, build a plan to that work, execute get more confident with the reps you're going and that's the same thing you didn't like social media and maybe i'm just making this up for you let's say you didn't like public speaking well how are you going to get better at it okay i'm gonna do one podcast a month okay i'm gonna do one podcast a week okay i'm gonna do that for a decade in a decade talking on the mic is going to be nothing to you you know what i mean and i just yeah. made that up for your listeners but <laughs> as an example <laughs> No, I mean, it's a good example. Like, I feel like I've already gotten better. I'm like 33 episodes in and definitely yeah. have improved it just week over week. I feel like I'm improving, getting more comfortable behind the mic. But one thing that you said there that stuck out is the correlation between, you know, that the progress with lifting and the progress with like uh, with business, because I feel like in uh, a lot of strength things, people and business, both people look at at others as like, an overnight success, you know, like I'm yeah. sure with your, um, companies and stuff, like people were like, Oh, you know, Mike's opening a gym and starting a clothing line at the same time. Like it must be nice. Well, no, like they don't see that how 15 years that you've grown in the fitness industry to get here or whenever, you know, they look at somebody like Brian Shaw and he's lifting massive weights and they're like, Oh, he's 400 pounds like yeah. that. He should be able to lift big weights, you know? And people don't, people don't see the hard work and dedication that goes into that success. They just see the outcome. Yeah. Until you've been through it. And again, that's where that like mutual respect of giving a high five to the guy going to the gym until you've gone through it. You just can't like respect it the same in a way. Like I, I, I walk in the gym and there's these, you know, kind of youngish kids they are probably twenties. I say young, like I'm super old, but I call everybody a kid in like a nice term, you know, they're like 20, <laughs> they're 20 something and they're going ham, you know, but if the weights relative, most people would see it like that's not that strong or they'd see that and then they'd see me pull and they're like, well, Mike's way stronger. But I know the pain of a max effort 315 deadlift. I've done that many times. Yeah. So just the mutual respect like that kid's putting it in right now, you know, and I'm sure jujitsu is very similar. You see the white belts kind of flailing about. Maybe they don't know what's yeah. going on, you know, and you got a couple stripes on yours. You're like, I've been there. 
I've been choked out for the first time. I know how scary that is. Or I've, I've gone against a black belt and I know how, you know, little I felt or whatever it might be until you kind of go through it. You don't know. And even me, um, you know, this is like not my first, but probably my first like serious, serious brick and mortar business. I, I opened a gym in 2009 or 2010. Um, but it was a less of an investment, smaller project, uh, more personal training, less, you know, less square footage, just everything was like scaled down. So this one feels a lot more real, a lot more <laughs> of my time and money went into this one. Uh, so yeah, the, the risk feels higher, but you don't, you learn things along the way. And then, you know, my, one of my best friends, Barquan, who owns a company called Barber Brigade in the gym, mm -hmm. you know, it, it gives me more respect. Like, damn, Bart was running his gym while he had these other companies too. You know, and it's like easy. It's easy from the outside. Like you said, like, yeah, Mike's got a gym. That's pretty cool. Or just like, you know, shrug it off. And I, I used to do it too. Like, oh, opening a gym. That's cool. Congrats on that guy. Like, and I would give him love. I wouldn't hate or anything. But until you're in there and, and it's your baby and you're going ham at it and you're like doing anything you can, um, it does put things in perspective for sure. Yeah. And so to talk about another like thing that you got Kaizen training. So I've used uh, your training before the strength and fat loss program and, and did well on it. But Appreciate um, that. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, this is not an advertisement for it, but at the same time, <laughs> it kind of is because it were, it definitely worked for me. And so there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of lifting in my opinion is simple, but there's a lot of complexities that can be added into it. So if you got a beginner out there or someone who is just trying to get started, like what types of program programming, like, would you recommend to them? Do you guys have like a beginner type program, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, you're 100% right. And I, I rant a lot lately. Maybe I'm, I am becoming just old and grumpy because I start to like get pissed off at shit. But so like, uh, but the analogy I made a long time ago, um, was like, or not a long time ago, but, uh, that I recently made, but it kind of hit me like for some reason, everyone wants to know everything about lifting and mm -hmm. they want to know everything about nutrition, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but they, but they don't want to be a nutritionist or coach necessarily. They just want to know everything about it. They're asking all these like minutia details. Right. And I said, look, I like cars. I do like cars. I, I kind of know how an engine works. I've put an exhaust on my car. I've done some of these things. I could change a tire. I could change oil. Right. I can do some of these things. I'm not a mechanic. I don't need to be a mechanic to drive a fast car or like a car or anything like that. And I view powerlifting very the same. Like you said, it can be so complex and there is a lot of, you know, whether it be evidence or, or anecdotal or experience that you can really twist things up and talk about one small aspect for a very long time and not still know it, right? There's a lot of things, but to get really far, you don't have to know that much. You got to have decent form. You got to be consistent and either get a coach, follow a program or kind of understand programming. You don't need to know the optimal thing because there is no such thing as like optimal, right? It's kind of ever flowing and adjusting. Um, but yeah, if you want me to plug, yeah, we got a beginner program for you guys. Uh, uh, you know, the basics, right? You learn the compounds and how do you learn the compounds? You kind of watch some videos, maybe watch somebody else. You start with lighter weight and you just start to practice. Um, I think we actually have some free uh, portions of the beginner program. I think it's like a 16 ish week program, but we give away like four weeks if people just want to try it or you can kind of repeat that. I don't, you know, do I want to make money 100%, but I want to help people too. So we try to put out as much free stuff as we can. Um, but yeah, you learn the basics, you slowly progress linear progression, uh, which is much different than linear periodization. If you do want to talk about nerdy things, but linear progression just basically means that you're adding weights every single week. Um, I tend to, you know, the old adage is just five by five until your head explodes. I switch that around a lot of my powerlifting in general, 
Uh, I talk about submaximal training for like a decade. So we're always kind of playing a step behind. Uh, I don't think you need to grind weights. I don't think you need to go, you know, balls to the wall when you're doing a compound movement. You can lift heavy, but you don't have to lift max uh, and get very, very strong. And again, the evidence is just coming out that that's exactly what you should be doing. Um, you can lift and make very similar strength gains at like an RPE 7 than you can at an RPE 10. Uh, and arguably maybe even more because you can recover a little bit faster uh, and your form won't break down as much. So our beginner program is kind of based around like five sets of three or three sets of three. I like lower repetitions with the compound or anything with skill. If you look at weightlifting, which is arguably a more skilled version of powerlifting, right? It's still a barbell, uh, but those movements are a little bit more complex, technical, some would say. Um, they're not doing sets of five more. You're, you're not doing that in the snatch. Uh, it's too complex. You want to practice perfectly. And though powerlifting is slightly less technical, what we want to do is we want to get proficient and efficient at the movements. So we'll handle sets one, two, and three. We'll do them well. The more fatigued you get, the chances are you're not going to do it as well. And that goes for everything, right? If you're, if you're writing a book and you're on hour 12, chances are you're going to misspell more words or not be able to put your thoughts as clearly on the paper just from general fatigue. In training, that can be very similar. So um, that's kind of like the basis of the program. Um, but yeah, simple. Always keep it simple. Always keep it simple. CrossFit just went against everything. You just said. Yeah. And so the difference there, <laughs> the difference there, and uh, I don't agree with a lot of CrossFit's modalities, but it is the intent. And so yeah. CrossFit uses the weightlifting exercises as conditioning, which I don't think is the smartest thing. I don't see a purpose in it. Uh, I personally, as a strength and conditioning coach or whatever you want to call me, I would rather split those things up. And why not condition first specifically? The issue is this CrossFit doesn't have an intent. The CrossFit is to be good at everything. No yeah. one's good at everything, right? But if you're a basketball player, first off, I want the majority of your conditioning coming from basketball. It's the most specific. You can't emulate that. You can't emulate a game unless you're playing a game. There's nothing close. But then beyond that, there's a scrimmage. And beyond that, there's drills. And then beyond that, what do you do? You sprint in basketball. Okay, maybe we'll do some sled sprints. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll do some kettlebell swings, which are very low technique movement in sprinting time, high intensity intervals. Um, and that's just kind of how I logically approach strength and conditioning where CrossFit, again, they just want to blanketly be good at things and they just try to make things difficult. So doing 30 snatches or snatches for time is very difficult and it'll get you very out of breath. Uh, and it can get you conditioned 100%, but going back to simplicity, I would rather, um, have you sprint <laughs> a hill sprint? What's the easiest thing to do to get in condition? Run some hills, yeah. R run for a long time, run for a difficult time, or, or, or run for a short time very, very fast. And we'll just do those in different forms. So, like what you're talking about, the sub maximal training, that is definitely something that I've implemented in my own training since following you, like probably for years. You know, like I'm not touching, I would venture to say anything over like 85%, except yeah. for like very few times a year and that's just you know maxing out to test and see where i'm at to reevaluate those percentages and i mean i do think it keeps you um healthier because that's a big mistake that i made in the beginning is like i was probably that guy in the bent in the gym like every three weeks i'm trying to max out and see if i can yeah. bench 315 yet yeah <laughs> when it's just it, mentally i think mentally is one of the other bigger reasons people don't talk about and maybe it's just me and maybe athletes are different or how i train athletes but like if i go in there and I, I you know my goal is to bench 350 and i grind the crap out of 315 
that's very demoralizing. Like, damn, yeah. I'm never going to bench 350. But if I go in, you know, once or twice a week and I crush 305 and then I crush 310 and then a month from now I crush 315, I'm like, dude, I'm going to get 350 in no time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, and my thoughts and, and, and philosophies have changed a little bit over time. I used to be more in like the 60, 70, 80% range with my beliefs. Um, and it depends on the lifter and it depends on the phase of training. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I, I've changed some, I, you know, I, I have some of my guys now. I only really coach one guy one-on-one, but I have one, you know, we'll creep into the 85, 90% range a little bit more depending on how skilled the lifter is. Um, if you're more of a veteran lifter, 90% can look really fast and smooth. If you're mm-hmm. kind of a new guy, 90% is probably a bit of a grinder. Although you can maybe do more reps of it as a beginner, it's probably kind of ugly and not fast. Um, but for sure, I'm always playing a rep behind. If I can, you know, if today's heavy bench day and I can bench 325 today, hypothetically, if we knew that, I'm benching 315 or 320. You know, I just kind of always keep that that step behind so we can maintain progress for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is a is a great piece of advice for sure. So kind of coming to an end here, man, I, I got two more questions for you. And yeah. one of those being a lot of people who go through this journey and become and lose weight, become healthier, they want to help others like they it's like a light bulb comes on and like damn i gotta share this with somebody i gotta help and so my outlet doing that has been podcasting right but a lot of people so many people i see um become a coach or you know personal trainer or whatever so what you know do you have like a piece of advice for those people um not it doesn't have to be super complex but just what they could do to be a good trainer and, and how they can share that information and and keep people on the right path I think there's two things. There's one that's more a little, little more X's and O's, and it goes back to what we've been talking about, kind of set a plan, set a goal, and set a routine for it. Um, because within that, I think people don't necessarily know what they want to do. Like, oh, I, I've seen it the same as you. Like, I want to help people, or I like powerlifting, I want to do this. But, like, get a little more specific. What do you want to do? Do you, do you want to, you know, coach general population? Do you want to coach classes? Do you want to go to the collegiate level? Uh, do you want to coach just powerlifters? Uh, you know, so find that kind of you know, I don't want to say niche, but a niche, find out what you actually want to do. Um, getting certificate or something like that can definitely get you in the door at a job. Uh, and I was a little bit lucky in many senses where I, I got a strength and conditioning coach when I was in eighth grade, all the way through high school. And he was really, really smart. And one of my first mentors too. Uh, and I got to learn a lot from him, a lot, like how you treat people, how you joke with people, how you relate to people, let alone how you actually train, what good technique is, how you mix in some plyos with some strength and conditioning and how that kind of works. Um, and so the number two would be a mentor, find someone that's kind of doing what you're doing or, or knows what you want to know. Uh, and start to learn from them. Lucky enough, you know, COVID made things good and bad. I have a lot of friends. Uh, shout out to my buddy, Ramsey. Uh, he's a collegiate and professional strength and conditioning coach. He's doing like online courses. And this guy's got his PhD. He's worked in the NBA. He works at the best basketball strength and conditioning program in the NC2A. And he, I don't know what it costs. Obviously it costs money because it's education, but like way less than 40 grand a year at a university, you're going to get an online college course on strength and conditioning for elite, elite athletes. You know what I mean? So um, you can learn from so many people now. Uh, Another thing that I was lucky to do is I was lucky to interview, train, travel, have dinner with some of the best strength minds, athletes, and coaches ever. You know, I was just in such a lucky position over the last decade and still am, you know, to just be able to text Eric Helms, who I literally think is like, 
like just the best coach in every aspect on the planet. And I could text him, Hey man, what should I do? Or what should I do with this client? Or, Hey, what do you think about this? You know? And, and lucky enough to know these people, you, anyone can find a mentor though. Again, I was lucky to have a billion and rub elbows mm -hmm. with a lot of really cool, smart people. Um, but anyone can find one, go to your local university, find out the path, what it takes to, again, if strength conditioning, this is just an example, find the path to be an intern there, find the path to be an assistant strength coach. Um, start, start to do shit for free. I I've put out, I don't know how many podcasts, YouTube's seminars for free over the last 12 years. Uh, you can learn a lot like that. And then, then the old easy adage advice, if you're very, very beginning, obviously soak up everything you can read, watch, learn, and then coach some homies for free. You know, you know, just, Hey man, I'm doing this lifting program. You want to come do it with me? I'll share it with you. Uh, if you have a garage gym, if you have a local gym, whatever, and kind of mm -hmm. chug away there. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. So, so the last question I got to ask is, is you, like you just said, kind of led into it. You've been surrounded by, you know, some pretty badass people over the years, which, you know, I'm very lucky that I'm starting to become that way, you know, talking to people like you and Matt and all these other guests that I've had on that have made super crazy changes in their life. Has there been anybody like strength wise or anything that's just like knocked your socks off? Like, holy shit. I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, I think I'm a little bit different in the powerlifting stuff because, um, one, like I was never like a fan of this stuff. Like mm -hmm. I, I was never like, I watched World's Strongest Man was on TV in the 90s or something here and there, but it's not like, oh my God. Um, I watched Arnold's movies, but I was never like, damn, I want to be jacked. Like I want to be that guy. That was never a thing. I wanted to go to the NBA. Uh, I, I analyzed kind of guys like that. Um, I don't know if that's like a personality thing or like, I just don't love it. And then number two was that I was 22 years old and I walked into super training gym, which in the year 2011 was the strongest gym on the planet. There was multiple guys squatting a thousand pounds, multiple guys benching 800 pounds, multiple guys pulling over 800 pounds. And I'm 22, a buck 90, just stopped playing semi-pro basketball. And, you know, I, I was, I was strong for a basketball player. I deadlifted 500, I squatted 500, but that's basketball numbers. That's not powerlifting numbers. Yeah. And so just to like, that was my first introduction to powerlifting in a way. Um, and then I went nose deep with everyone we talked to. Cause that happened real quick. Like six months later, we started the podcast and I started hanging out with Ed Cohn, you know? So like <laughs> things turned around real quick, but, uh, I guess in that sense, nothing like blew my face off, you know? Yeah. Uh, pure like size wise, like Brian Shaw is still the largest human I've ever met for sure. You know, just like his <laughs> absolutely how massive he is, is insane. Um, but there's so many, so many very strong people I've hung out with, you know, you do a deadlift session with Larry wheels and you're like, all right, like <laughs> this guy's built a little different than me. Yeah. Um, there's just seeing shit. Yeah. That's, I just, I think I figured that out so quick and so early that none of it like blew me away per se. I just always knew, but I think I knew it from other sports too. Like I'm 5'10 and I was pretty good at basketball, but I was fast-ish. I could jump-ish. I was really smart at the game. But you play guys and you're like, wow, like that dude is way faster than me and he's 6'8". Like how is this possible? You know, I've been around freaks um, and there's just freaks in every sport. And arguably there's more freaks in the popular sports than there is the strength sports. So none of it like mm -hmm. dropped my jaw per se. Um Cause I already knew I just wasn't that good. I just already knew I sucked, I guess. So it didn't <laughs> nothing like impressed me that much in a way, even yeah. though that sounds backwards. 
Yeah. So Mike, we'll wrap it up, man. Just let everybody know where they can find you, find your uh, social media, everything. Appreciate you having me on, dude. Uh, just uh, Silent Mike, most places. So Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, Silent Mike. Sometimes it's spelled with two Ks most of the time because someone stole my name in 2010. Um, Third Street Barbell. Uh, we got a gym. We're open in Sacramento. If you're ever in Northern California, come stop by, grab a lifting session. And then uh, 3sb.co is the website for the gym and all the apparel. If I come to California, I'm definitely coming to the gym. Roll through, man. It's it's really good location. And, and I know everyone like says that, but like – downtown sacramento and i love my city i'm biased but we got really good food really good beer if you're into that it's super walkable uh in the gym is like four four or five blocks from the capital which is like the heart of where all the bars are and stuff it's it's beautiful down here hell yeah man all right thanks for uh coming on the show thanks for your content appreciate everything brother yeah thank you dude thanks for having me on all right guys that's a wrap thanks for listening to the hungry for success podcast we'll be back next week with another guest stay hungry we'll see you then